Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Frank Morris. It's Tuesday, February 6th, and we are five days away from the Super Bowl. Right now, that's the thing everybody in Kansas City is talking about. But the World Cup soccer tournament is coming to the U.S. in 2026, and Kansas City is going to host half a dozen games, including one of the big ones. There's a ton of work to do getting ready for the crowds and attention. We've got a deep conversation about that. But first, a few headlines. The Jackson County Legislature voted yesterday to fund a Chiefs victory parade on Valentine's Day, assuming the Chiefs win on Sunday. KCUR's Salisa Kalakal has more. The unanimous vote approved $75,000 to support the championship parade. It's the same amount that the county paid for last year's parade, which was attended by nearly one million people. If the Chiefs beat the San Francisco 49ers this weekend, the parade would take place on Wednesday, February 14th. It's not clear how much a parade downtown and a rally at Union Station would cost in total, or if the Chiefs will chip in to pay for it. Kansas City Council recently approved funding of $975,000. Kansas and Missouri congressional delegations are picking sides on a bill that would tighten down the southern border. Kansas Senator Roger Marshall, who trashed the bill before the language was released, says he's firmly opposed now. Marshall says the new limits placed on immigration would still let too many people in. The compromise legislation would also send billions of dollars to war-torn allies Ukraine and Israel. If passed, the agreement could be seen as a win for President Joe Biden, and former President Donald Trump is trying to kill it. But Senator Jerry Moran from Kansas, also a Republican, says he's behind it in principle. I'm very much interested in supporting a package that protects our country at the same time as securing our border. The proposal faces a wall of opposition from Trump-aligned politicians. In addition to Marshall, both Missouri Senators Josh Hawley and Eric Schmidt are against it. The Kansas City Royals are locking in their best player for a long time. As Greg Eklund reports, star shortstop Bobby Witt Jr. just signed the biggest and longest contract in Royals history. After a breakout season with the Kansas City Royals last year, Bobby Witt Jr. is now guaranteed a reported $288 million for an 11-year contract extension. The 23-year-old has a chance to earn $89 million more on the back end of the new deal. In his second full season with the Royals, Witt hit 30 home runs and 90 RBI. He also had 49 stolen bases, the only other shortstop in American League history with at least 30 homers and 30 stolen bases was Alex Rodriguez. Witt, the son of former Major League pitcher Bobby Witt, was a Royals first round draft pick in 2019. Hang on a sec, the good part is just about to start. Kansas City. And the Kansas City Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57. We know we're champions. We push and we push and we always overcome adversity. And we finish that strong. Let's go, KC. Let's go! From your biggest fans at KCUR. 
You listen to this podcast every day because it's your KC local reliable news source. You take us seriously. But you know, we like to get down and we want you to party with us. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host, Ari Shapiro, is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org slash radioactive. Kansas City learned over the weekend that it will be hosting half a dozen games in the 2026 World Cup, including a quarterfinal match. KC is the smallest of 16 North American cities hosting games, and it's going to require a metro-wide effort to get ready. KCUR Steve Kraske sat down with Katherine Holland, executive director of KC 2026, to discuss the massive job ahead. I could not be more thrilled. We were so hopeful that that we would get a quarterfinal round match. And you got it. We got it. We got it. Um, you know, six matches in total is, is is an incredible feat. Any matches would have been tremendous, but obviously yeah. being amongst uh, Boston, L.A., and Miami as a quarterfinal host is, is pretty spectacular. Well, Catherine, planning has been happening since Kansas City was named a host city. But how does this announcement change the stage of planning that you're in right now? It, it provides critical information to allow us to really you know where you're heading. Yeah, we know where we're heading. We know we have real um, dates and again matches, so that we can better um, you know work through the, the 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 requirements for the transportation, safety, and security. Uh, frankly, now we we know what assets we might have available to engage some local um, communities and companies around the host city supporter program. So it really was just uh, you know a very critical next step to help us move through the planning phase. You know, a lot of us on the outside haven't been paying a whole lot of attention yet. We haven't seen a lot of action, but I imagine for you, it's been an entirely different story here. Yes, there has been a lot of work happening behind the scenes, a lot of meetings hosted by FIFA to get us to this point, a lot of collaboration with the other uh, 10 U.S. host cities, which has been really, um, really wonderful. So yes, rest assured, there have been a lot of, of, of sort of plans in the work. But again, this this announcement really will catapult us into the next, the next phase of planning. What are the kinds of issues that you and the other host cities are trying to grapple with here? Well, again, transportation, um, you know, there's, there's some host cities that can lean into a much more robust mass transit system than than we currently have. So we'll have to build out, you know, a temporary transit system to service the event. Uh, That being said, you know, FIFA has been very clear that they would like a consistent experience, you know, fan fan experience, volunteer experience across all of the host cities in all three countries. So we need to manage against that as well and making sure that, um, you know, that Kansas City not only rises to the occasion, but also, you know, shows off in comparison to the other host cities. That transportation uh, part of this that you just pointed out, that has a lot of people nervous. Because people recognize that our current transportation may not be all that whippy. Yes, but I think, you know, again, we presented a very high-level plan to FIFA during the bid process to demonstrate to them that we understood this requirement and we understood that there might be a different lift for us, but that we also, um, you know, have the resources and the, the uh, you know, strategic brains around the table to, to make that happen. And again, we'll collaborate with, with not only the federal government, but the other U.S. host cities to make sure that resources are being allocated accordingly. Well, Joe, um, this is great for business owners in KC, but what goes into making sure that they're prepared for this influx of visitors, many of whom I might assume are going to be international here? I mean, I'm thinking about watch parties and legal use of logo, all that stuff. Right. We've already had some initial engagements across the region with other chambers of commerce in those areas of the community and businesses directly to talk a little bit about how we can activate the entire region around World Cup. And that really means 
reaching out and working with small business, doing those watch parties and other things. And the committee will make sure we come up with a playbook that folks can take a look at and understand what they can and can't do or what steps they need to take in order to do that watch party correctly. We're going to make sure that they've got what they need to sort of be able to activate around all that's going to be happening during that almost month of sustained activity uh, when this happens here. I imagine what, you're already getting inquiries from small business owners saying, how do I do this? How do I do that? Absolutely. And and, uh, those inquiries have been coming in for more than a year now. And I think what's really important to understand about this opportunity is people are going to be traveling from far away to Kansas City to see these matches. They're not just going to be here for one or two days. They're going to be here for several days, and they're going to want to see what this city is all about, what this region's all about. And it's our opportunity to get them out, to interact with the community, to interact with those small businesses. We saw this happen in Frankfurt with the Chiefs. I got to go over and be there. There were Kansas Cityans all over Frankfurt, and they weren't just at the stadium. They were all over the city, all over the tourist attractions. That's going to happen here in Kansas City. How quickly do you anticipate hotels will be selling rooms based on those match announcements from yesterday? I think there's already blocks that that have been made. There will be more that are made. So that activity is going on right now, and it will just intensify as we go forward. And, of course, we got to get closer to the tournament itself to understand what teams are going to start here that's going to be really exciting and generate a whole new level of, of interest. Catherine, just to be clear about one point, this isn't just the Kansas City Metro that we're talking about here this morning. There's the potential of base camps that will be spread how far out across the region here? Yeah, no, this is absolutely a regional regional event. It was always a regional effort. We, you know, the theme of our bid was uniting a region, and obviously the efforts on both sides of the state line have been been tremendous. Um, but yes, I mean, we have base camp options potentially in Lawrence, Kansas, and Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, we're contemplating maybe folding some facilities in Wichita in into that mix. We wow. need to do a little bit more due diligence on on that front. Um, but you know, FIFA is calling our region the team base camp mecca for 2026 because of the quality of our facilities and our central location. When are we going to find out about? these base camps? So we will not know for certain which countries are base camping until late 2025 or early 26. As you can imagine, the teams have to qualify. Then there will be, you know, a draw. Um, I think that we will have a better sense of what federations are interested in base camping here, but again, won't know for some time um, who who ultimately, you know, contracts to to make our region their home for that tier. Joe, how much coordination is taking place with these regional cities outside of the metro right now? I think it's ongoing and it's it's mm-hmm. been there for a little bit of time. The nice thing is, is that for us at the chamber, we've got a great chamber network all over the region uh, in the Kansas City area, but in, in beyond. And we've already activated that initially. And it's going to really, I mean, it's going to pay dividends because there there's that kind of focus on small business in nearly every city and town in this region. And we just need to make sure we're partnering in smart ways so that we can help those small businesses wherever they are. You know, it's not lost on me as we talk here this morning that there's some tensions around financing of all this and to what extent Kansas is going to take part in chipping in to make this thing happen. It's a difficult political call for some leaders in Topeka because they're saying, why would we spend Kansas taxpayer dollars on the other side of the state line? Where does that stand? How concerned are you about it? This will impact the entire region. If we could erase lines right now and just think about it that way, that's the way it will act. And what I would say is you're going to see base camp activity and a significant number of visitors residing in hotels on the Kansas side of Kansas City all the way beyond even the region. So the impact on Kansas is going to be huge. And I think the opportunity 
for immediate engagement of business during that period of time is giant. But remember, we're going to have people visiting the state of Kansas that otherwise may have never come here from all over the world, and they're going to get exposed to what we all know and love, which is this Kansas City region is wonderful, and we always think if we can get you here, we can win you. That's going to happen both on the Missouri and Kansas side of Kansas City time and time again during this tournament. You know, Kansas Governor Kelly seems to be on board with at least much of this funding. What about the Republican leaders of the House and Senate, Joe? How concerned about uh, about them are you? Are they going to come around? Well, I, you know, we've already had some great um, committee meetings in Topeka. I think there's really good questions about what's going to happen, what are the deliverables, the things I would expect any good elected official to ask, and we're going to answer those questions. And I think the case for this is super strong. You know, leaving Arrowhead, Catherine, or Kaufman after a game can be pretty congested. To what extent are there going to be efforts to mitigate that, especially considering there's going to be a lot of -of out-of-towners on the road here? Yes. I mean, that's all part of, again, the larger transportation plan that we need to build out. There will be a very uh, large, secure perimeter around Arrowhead that will actually take out quite a number of parking spaces. And and we can expect that the remainder of those parking spaces available might be used for, again, FIFA use or back-of-house staging and things like that. You know, there's so much that goes into this as we're talking here, Catherine, but people might not think about some aspects of it. I'm thinking about the for, uh, focuses that uh, and forums you've attended, focusing on planning for human rights and sustainability. What does that look like? What are we talking about here? Yes. Yeah, so I think, you know, FIFA for 2026 is really recommitting to um, mitigating against the, the, the human rights challenges that come with hosting the largest sporting event in, in the history of the world. What are the human rights challenges? Um, you know, there's there's housing concerns, right? I mean, particularly um, in some markets that, that rely on a lot of short-term rentals. Um, we need to make sure that landlords aren't evicting long-term tenants with the goal of capitalizing on, you know, short-term rental opportunities around World Cup. Mm. We obviously need to make sure that it it is a safe, uh, welcoming, hospitable, secure environment. Um, you know, there are some, you know, again, tra- trafficking issues that, that we need to manage against that comes with any any large scale event, Super Bowl, you know, everything. So uh, and then sustainability. We need to make sure that we have a, you know, we're infusing all of our plans with with a sustainability um, legacy impact in mind as well. So it's it's robust and FIFA is really paying close attention to it. That is also a uh, an area that I believe our region is is ahead of some of the other other host cities. We took that um, element of the bid very seriously and have a great sort of preliminary plan to present in place. That was Steve Kraske talking with Catherine Holland on Up to Date. You can hear their full conversation on the Up to Date podcast feed. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Frank Morris. This podcast is produced by Anna Schmidt and KCUR Studios and edited by Gabe Rosenberg. To find more local news from Kansas City's NPR station, visit kcur.org. Thanks for listening.